Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined on the phone today by Amelia Tan, research analyst with ESGX. Before we bring Amelia into the conversation, let's take a quick look around the markets and see how they are doing in the afternoon session. The SDI had been in the red for a little bit, but it has just jumped back into green waves, up 0.02% to 3,200. 80 points, which is not so bad given the fact that the rest of the region's looking pretty down. Japan's Nikkei is down by 2.7%. South Korea's Kospi down by 0.8%. Australia's ASX is down by 1.1%. The Shanghai Composite Index down by 0.4%. Hong Kong Sang Seng down by 0.2%. Amelia, welcome back to the show. You know, given the fact that it's a sea of red in the region, maybe we'll just go straight into SPACs. Definitely. I think it's something that's super exciting this week because we're seeing two listings, one tomorrow and one on Friday, and also going to have the next one very soon to come, I think. All right. Now, special purpose acquisition companies or SPACs are coming, as you said, three of them to make their debut, well, two of them in the next couple of days, and everyone's watching that. There is keen interest in SPACs by local industry participants in light of the wave of SPAC listings in the U.S. that we've seen in the past two years. But while there is investor excitement, you know, here's where you come in. There needs to be a full understanding about the product features, the key risks, so that all our investors can make informed investment decisions. Now, go ahead, hit us, tell us more about SPACs, starting with what are they? <laughs> Definitely. SPACs, in short, S-P-A-C. SPACs are special purpose acquisition companies. Uh, They're formed solely really to raise capital through listings. And in short, actually, it's an investment vehicle which serves the sole purpose of acquiring operating businesses or existing assets, right, through a process known as a business combination, or sometimes we may commonly call it as a D-SPAC. And this D-SPAC must happen within a time frame of up to 36 months after listing, of course, subject to certain fulfillment of prescribed conditions. Now, where specs differ from traditional listings is where uh, specs have a shorter time to market because of the absence of business fundamental operations and also financials, which also means at the point of IPO, specs don't have historical financial results to disclose on. They don't have any asset descriptions and also no business-related risk. But specs have sponsors. Okay. And these sponsors are typically experienced or reputable founding shareholders. These sponsors will establish and will also initially finance the spec at the starting. And they usually form the management team after the spec is listed. These sponsors may also include some of the companies such as private equity firms, venture capital firms, and also asset managers that have the expertise and also the track record in terms of identifying the potential acquisition targets to do the business combination or de-spec. And because of some of the risk right, that these sponsors have to take on when they set up the spec and also acquire the company later on, these sponsors are typically entitled to additional shares, what uh, it's typically called as Sponsors promote shares at favorable terms. This is to help the sponsors increase their holdings in the spec. And what happens after the spec is listed, all right, is that the funds raised from the initial listing, at least 90% of the gross proceeds will need to be placed in an escrow 
or trust account as part of investor safeguards. And these funds can only be drawn down in the process or in the event of a business combination or when the spec liquidates or under some of the other specific circumstances. And just to share a little bit more about the funds in this so-called escrow account, the funds can only be invested in approved investments, for example, cash or cash equivalent short-dated securities. Now, overall, yeah, I think you've also noted, right, there's been growing interest with this whole spec investing. Why? Because specs offer investors the opportunity. It offers them the chance to participate in these private equity PE arrangements, especially usually in high-growth companies uh, in the form of a public-listed entity. And specs are also largely seen as investing into the founding shareholders' profile and their abilities to identify targets and then execute these business combination transactions later on based on certain mandates or certain investment themes that are very much often associated with growth, growth industries or new economy sectors. Okay, now one of the first things that you said, you know, that that did raise a small alarm bell in my head was there's no history, <laughs> right, with the, with these companies that are brand new and that's why the sponsors are, become so important because of their experience. What yeah. risk to the investors then that the fact that there's no history? Yeah, there are certain risks that investors will need to take note of um, and there are also certain key milestones and timelines when it comes to talking about specs, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. like you've pointed out, they have a very unique structure. It's going to be very different from a traditional company, a very uh, traditional stock, an IPO. And there are specific unique events that are around this spec. So before that, maybe just to take a couple of steps back, I sure. uh, wanted to remind everyone that when you apply for the IPO of a spec, all the IPO investors at the point after listing, they will be holding spec units. This is essentially units that have a spec share and also a fractional warrant that is stapled together. Now, the ratios for this fractional warrant will differ from a spec to spec. So investors, we got to take note of in the prospectus what is stated there as a ratio. And as an investor, we need to ensure that the units that we own will add up to form whole warrants because if not, the fractional warrants will then be disregarded later on. And these warrants are also exercisable after the initial business combination or after the de-spec and it gives shareholders the rights to buy shares into the company after de-spec at certain prices to potentially enhance shareholder returns. Now, there are a few key milestones right, to take note of uh, when we are investing into a spec. Three main key milestones that I'll touch on. Number one is the detachment of the units, right? Mentioned earlier on, where the units will detach into shares and also fractional warrants. These are then traded separately after the detachment date, which is usually about 45 days after the listing. Uh, But do note that, of course, again, this varies from spec to spec, and we all should refer to the IPO prospectus of each of the spec for the detailed timeline as it is stated quite clearly over there. Now, the second key milestone is after the listing, this spec and the sponsor, they will seek for target companies to acquire or to merge with based on specific focus investment mandates across various markets, geographies, sectors, industries, or company profiles and certain characteristics that the target has. And once the target has been identified, the spec will then file an announcement to say that, okay, this is the target identified, this is details of the proposed initial business combination, and at this point, shareholders of the spec will then be able to make a decision on redemption 
and voting, which are both independent of each other. Shareholders can choose to redeem their investments that are held in the escrow account that we talked about earlier on mm-hmm. at this point. And then separately, they can then vote for or against the acquisition. But do note that we talked about the, the warrants. These warrants are not allowed to be redeemed. Now, the third key milestone okay, is that specs will have to hold an EGM on the proposed business combination. And this EGM usually happens about 21 days after the announcement is made. And then shareholders will be able to then at the EGM vote for or against this acquisition. Okay, that's a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) Bit by bit. Bit by bit, we're getting there. Now, I suppose everybody's got their eyes on the fact that tomorrow the first SPAC will be uh, trading. Vertex Mm -hmm. Technology Acquisition Company uh, will start trading tomorrow while Pegasus Asia uh, with their asset manager, Tikahau Capital, is that how it's said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tikahau, yes. That's that's <laughs> Friday. So the next couple yeah. of days are going to be very, very interesting. But, you know, everything that you just highlighted leads us very interestingly enough to the fact that there was a lot of interest in SPACs in the US in the last two years. But, and here's the big but, we are seeing more investor redemptions over the past few months so does that follow then that uh, this seems to suggest that SPAC's euphoria has come down? Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, what are the mm-hmm. risks? You want to talk more about risks? Definitely. You're right. Um, and it's a good point, right? Regardless of whether you're investing into a SPAC or you're investing into companies, stocks, there always comes risk that's associated with all these investments, not to sound boring, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, some of the typical risks that we always talk about would be price risk, volatility risk, and also liquidity risk. But where it comes to SPACs, there are spec-related risks that we all need to take note of, I mean, including myself, everybody, right? right? And some of these specific risks can definitely be found in the prospectus, super detailed ones, but I'm going to highlight maybe four of the key risks that we all should be aware as a spec 101 on, on these risks to be aware of. Number one, it's a spec risk, right? Like we mentioned earlier on, these specs don't have any operating history. There's no revenue. Uh, basically, uh, we, nothing to evaluate its track record or the ability to achieve its business objectives. This is one key risk of a spec. The second risk would be sponsor risk, right? Because specs are run by the sponsors. As investors, we need to rely on the sponsor's quality and also their execution track record to enhance shareholder returns. As such, there runs the risk of the sponsor, say, not being able to acquire a target in time within the allowed time frame. The third risk would be dilution risk. Because specs, when they acquire target companies, all right, they may acquire target companies that are potentially larger than the spec vehicle itself. And because it's larger, they will then need to have additional funding required to conduct the acquisition. And this acquisition, uh, in terms of the additional funding, may come in the form of private investment into public equity, which in short is called pipe investors, right, which will dilute spec shareholders' holdings. Aside from the pipe investors that are coming in to do the additional funding, there are other sources of potential dilution, uh, include things like the sponsor promote shares and also warrants when exercised. But of course, the spec framework as a whole has certain investor safeguards that are in place and there are certain caps that are placed on the extent of this shareholder dilution. Now, the fourth risk is liquidation risk. Okay, Investors run the risk when they invest into a spec that the spec may not be able to complete the business combination within the stipulated allowed time frame. So that's one risk to take note of. However, as investors, 
we do need to know that there are shareholder rights that we need to be aware of. And there are three main rights that we need to know. Number one, we have voting rights, meaning to say at the EGM, we have the right to vote for or against the proposed business combination. The second right would be redemption rights, right? Which means we can redeem our funds in the escrow account, regardless of whether we vote for or against at the EGM on the proposed business combination. And lastly, liquidation rights. We have the right to receive the funds that are held in the escrow account on a prorated basis if the spec fails to identify a target company and complete the business combination within the stipulated time frame. Now, just a last point over here is um, on the warrants, right? Before I wrap up this question is that warrants do not have voting, redemption, or the liquidation rights that we talked about earlier on, which mm-hmm. the shareholders will have. Yeah. All right. So the shareholder does do have some level of protection that the warrants don't. Yes. All right. Now, I suppose because it's all very new to investors, Mm-hmm. The most important question to investors is this one. How does SGX ensure retail investors' interests remain protected? Definitely. In the Singapore SGX spec framework, uh, there are some safeguards for investors over here. For example, there are moratorium periods for certain relevant shareholders. Uh, the second one would be, for example, the requirements to place at least 90% of what you raise in the gross proceeds into this escrow account. And then, of course, the shareholder rights that we talked about, which is the voting rights, redemption rights, or liquidation rights. But putting this aside, right, these safeguards, investor education, and I have to stress this, is very, very important. And that is where, I mean, for all of us, right, uh, we need to be aware of uh, the spec that we're investing in, some of the key mechanics. And that is where the team over here uh, at the exchange has planned a series of such events and also related research content for the investor community. So maybe just a little shout out is that we have this uh, Telegram channel, SGX Invest. Uh, do subscribe to that channel. We've got key events, content over there. And also visit sgx.com slash specs anytime if you need basic specs related information. And I'm sure we'll be keen to share more details if, if, if need be, you know. All right. And you can always listen to Money FM 89.3 as well. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have Amelia and all her gang on to tell us more about specs as and when we need it. Now, the, the first listing is tomorrow. Good luck with that. It's going to be very exciting to watch how it does on its first day. Thank you. We're super excited. <laughs> We're super excited at Money FM 89.3 as well. Thanks, Amelia. You've certainly given us some fantastic info on SPACs. We've been speaking with Amelia Tan, research analyst with the SGX, in this Market View special feature all about SPACs. I'm Clarissa Montero for the Workday Afternoon. You're with Money FM 89.3, Singapore's most influential radio station. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. And that's a wrap for today's episode. But before I go, I've got something special to share with all of you. If you're into deep dives on thought-provoking topics and engaging conversations, do tune in to Chua Tien Tien's award-winning podcast, Under the Radar. It is a B2B segment focused on how a company assesses its business environment and how the firm finally performs financially. So please listen and follow our podcasts on the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Lin Li Fu and you're listening to Money FM 89.3.